There's a legendary story of a koro back in the late 50s. He always kept his shotgun, appropriately named kaitangata, handy for poachers. Logging companies had a habit of helping themselves to the natural resources of the forests that belonged to the local iwi, mostly deer and trees. The forests we're talking about are off the back roads around Tūrangi, Taumarunui, Taupo and National Park. For some reason, logging companies seemed to think that the phrase Māori meant Go ahead, it's free, help thyself. On the rare occasion when a logging company got caught in the act, the rationale was always the same. Lame excuses that we've come to love over the years. The Māoris weren't doing anything with it, or We didn't know this forest belonged to anyone. Or my personal favourite, the trees were just, you know, sitting there. If the matter was referred to the local law enforcement of the time, they weren't exactly keen to ditch their donuts and chase after a bunch of hard-working entrepreneurs. The common view seemed to be that the logging companies were providing jobs to hard-working young men, providing for their families, and of course, the logging companies were making a truckload of money in the process. No one seemed to grasp the concept that taking something that doesn't belong to you is called theft, hence Koro's shotgun. Now, when Koro got wind that there was some dodgy activity happening, he was in the truck with old Kaitangata. The only problem was that by the time Koro got there, he was just in time to see the dust of logging trucks long gone and hectares of freshly cut tree stumps. Robert is the foreman of a notorious band of lumberjacks that are suspected of various cut-and-run jobs around the area. He's a huge guy with Popeye-like arms. Legend has it, he's so tough that he can bring a tree to the ground by just looking at it. He's an eighth Māori, which is a common way of identifying how little Māori blood you have in you. Currently, he's yelling out to his men. Okay, gang. You all know your jobs. Let's get these trees cut, and then we're back in the morning to clean them up. I don't plan to stick around and wait for Crazy Horse to do you. Koro got the name Crazy Horse because the truck wouldn't start one day. So he ended up chasing a bunch of the wood thieves on his horse with his shotgun. The workers saw Koro like the boogeyman. There have been stories of close encounters with Koro and how Koro would shoot the wood thieves' arms and legs off. All untrue. Probably. The forest they're about to cut down is unlike any they've come across before. The tōtara are as wide as they are tall and would fetch a shiny penny on the market. There is one tree in particular that stands at the front of the forest. It's twice as wide and tall as the others, which are already bigger than normal tōtara. The lumberjacks are licking their lips in anticipation of a big payday. The only thing making everyone nervous are the stories from previous failed lumberjacks who talked about fairies and ghosts. Second in charge, Rangi, is a little concerned. Hey boss, there are plenty of other places we could go. What's the matter, Rangi? Chicken, are we? Of course not, but... But what? Kewa, but to buy out of here. What? Ghosts? I've heard stories. Well, that's why they're called stories. Have you actually seen a kehua? No, I haven't seen one, and I plan on keeping it that way. Look at these trees and tell me what you see. 
Hard work. Lots of swearing. Bad backs. Let me tell you what I see. I see new clothes for my lady. Nice food and maybe even enough for a deposit on a new car. This is a gold mine, mate. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying... Hey. I'm an eighth Mary too, you know. I know about these things. Although a little apprehensive, Rangi gives the orders to bring the trees down. Okay, all teams. Are we good to go? Yeah, all good here. The lumberjacks are pros and make light work where others would have struggled. There are 21 in the gang, and they work in three teams of seven, with Robert and Rangi coordinating the effort. They leave the big portara tree for last. It's going to take all of them to bring it down. They're about to christen a huge custom handsaw that hasn't been used yet, as they've never come across a tree big enough until now. Boys, we don't want to miss this one up, boys. Let's do it by the numbers. The tree is a monster, and one miscalculation could mean a trip to the cemetery. Okay, team one. Let's make that first cut on my count. Three, two, one, go! The forest shudders and everyone freezes. All the workers look round, trying to determine what and where the sound has come from. Why the heck have you all stopped? Keep cutting! Rangi taps Robert on the shoulder. Hey boss, can you hear that? I can't hear anything. Exactly. No birds, no wind. It's all stopped. So? So don't you think that's odd? What's odd is a bunch of lumberjacks with saws in their hands, gawking at nothing. Get going. Let's drop this tree and we're gone. The lumberjacks do as they're told. It takes a while to bring the mammoth tōtara down. The tree hits the ground and the earth shakes, but continues to tremble longer than it should. The lumberjacks uneasily look around the forest, unsure of what's happening. It's normal. Just a little tremor. Okay. Good work, guys. Let's pack up and uh, first thing in the morning, we're back to shine up our prize. Okay. Roger that then. The next morning, the crew make their way back to the site just before sunrise. The trip there is full of laughter and excited chat, as they've already started planning how to squander their hard-earned cash. They get the shock of their lives when they arrive. As rays of sunlight cut through the early morning mist, the lumberjacks see something they can't understand. Rangi, where on earth have you brought us to? Oh, what do you mean? Well, can you see any trees on the ground? Oh, no, but... Did we or didn't we cut down a whole lot of trees? Uh, yes, but... And do you see any of those trees on the ground ready for cleaning and pickup? No, but... So, obviously, we must be in a different place, right? Give me that map. Robert looks at the map, turning it upside down and flipping it around. The kind of thing you do when you're lost. The rest of the crew are now all scratching their heads, unsure of what exactly has happened. Okay, oh, I don't know what's going on, 
But we're here now, and obviously we have a lot of trees somewhere else just waiting for us. So uh, let's get this done, and then we'll figure it out later on. All right. Let's go, people. Okay. The lumberjacks can't remember what the forest looked like or whether it was the same forest or not, but they do remember the huge tōtara tree. When they get to the big tōtara, the same thing happens. The shudder in the forest, the ground shaking longer than it should as the tree hits the ground. The mood has somewhat dampened from the previous day, but as is so often the case, a good day at work feels much the same as any other. Hopping into their trucks, the lumberjacks leave satisfied with a solid day's work. As they drive away, Rangi pats himself. Oh, damn, jacket. Do you want to go back and get it? Nah, 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 it's fun. I'll pick it up in the morning. On the morning of the third day, the gang is back at the site just before sunrise again. Robert watches the sun as it rises. The rays strike the top of the trees. That's a problem. The trees shouldn't be there. Yes, before you ask, boss, the map is correct. We are in the same place. We can't be. We are, boss. The map is correct. Rangi and Robert jump out of the truck. This is the same spot, look. Rangi picks up his jacket. Hey, that could be anybody's jacket. Rangi points to his name on the inside collar. Uh, Rangi's a common name. Uh, come on, boss. Look at your crew. They're scared. You may not believe, but some of them do. The workers have started to make their way back to the trucks. Look, I don't know what's happening here, but if you stay, I'll pay you double. The lumberjacks pause. Although a little bit more than worried, they all succumb to the temptation of double pay. Reluctantly, they return to their duties and once again repeat the hard work of the previous days. At the end of the day, the crew all pack up and leave, but Robert has decided to stay to protect his investment. If any shenanigans are afoot, he'll be there to put a stop to it. Determined, he finds a cosy spot puts his detective hat on and waits. Night comes and he lies patiently. Hours go by. He looks at his watch. It's 3.30 a.m. and nothing has happened. Three cups of coffee are not enough to keep him up and eventually he nods off to sleep. Robert awakens with a fright. The forest is ablaze, a raging inferno. The flames seem to dance with the stars. There are huge cracking sounds as the fire rips through the entire forest. Robert can feel the heat on his body and his clothes have already begun to smoke. He pinches himself to see if he's dreaming. He's cut off from an escape, the fire closing in all around him. He looks at the trees, weary that burning trees quickly become falling trees. And then it happens the huge tōtara tree begins to rise. Through the flames, he can see the branches, the bark, the leaves and the wood chips all come together, reassembling the tree until it's whole again. The forest shudders like it did when the lumberjacks made the first cut. The main tōtara tree begins to move to the other trees, putting them back together piece by piece. 
Its branches act as multiple arms, rebuilding each tree with speed. The fire rages on. As each tree returns to its magnificence, the fire rages higher and hotter until the forest is as it was. The earth shakes as it did when the main Bortara tree fell to the ground. Then, the shaking stops and the flames disappear. The forest inhales. There is silence for a second. Then light birdsong begins. Korimako and Tui have come to welcome the sun from the treetops. Shaken, Robert is hit with a realization of what he needs to do. He jumps into his truck and heads into town. It's a house he's been told to avoid, but he now finds himself knocking on the door. Koro answers the door. He stares at Robert stoically. Uh, I'm Robert. Yes. Uh, I know who you are. Robert freezes, waiting for Koro to accuse him of being the wood thief. Yo, matters more, After a quick cup of tea and Koro telling him how they're related, Robert opens up. Ah, uh, look, I have something to tell you. I know who you are and what you do. And I only have one question. Why didn't you just ask? Uh, money? Money, I suppose? <sighs> Nothing wrong with providing for your whanau and going to get the rako. Where do you think our people went to build our whare? Might attend? Yeah. <laughs> But there's a proper way to do it, ne? Robert nods his head. Koro sees that there's something else troubling Robert. Hey, Robert, you saw him, didn't you? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, how'd you know? Those who've been touched by a god carry it around with them. God? Some will tell you that you saw Tane Mahuta. Oh, God of the Forests. Ah, you do know. <laughs> come by, come by Oh, that's a start. So, what do you want to do? Well, how about we start with asking your permission? After everything, is, uh, is that okay? Of course. Permission granted. <laughs> you see, that was easy, wasn't it? <laughs> I didn't even need to pull out old Kaitangata hanging up there. Koro nods his head towards the wall. <gasps> oh, and you're not getting this all for free, you know. We can talk about dollars and cents after. With that, they hungi and say farewell. Robert heads back to his crew to tell them to pack up while they sort out a new arrangement with Koro and the local iwi. When Robert gets there, Rangi runs up to Robert's truck. Boss, I can't explain it. Robert's mind has been occupied with burning forests and Koro's words, so he hasn't taken much notice on his trip back to the worksite. Boss, the trees. They were like this when we arrived. Yeah, there you are. I know, they're all back up to normal, right? 
What? No. Look. Robert looks to see that there are a hundred trees that have been cleaned up and ready to take away. Only the huge tōtara tree is standing back in its original position. Robert looks up at the big tree. So are we taking this one too? No. No, leave Tani alone. Who? Nah, it doesn't matter. Robert turns to the tree and says quietly, Thank you. Okay, guys. Let's get these logs loaded onto the trucks. Pakikehua, brought to you by Te Wānanga o Aotearoa, with funding from Te Māngai Pāho.